Hello, welcome back, guys. Come sit with me for Saturday Deep Flow. <sighs> love Saturdays, love Saturdays. The Deep Flow Plus. I call it the Plus just as, a, as an indication of a little kicking up of the heat. As I've been reviewing the previous classes, um, which has been part of what's so interesting about this journey, you know, that doesn't happen when you're teaching in a normal situation, no cameras involved, which I've done for years. <clears throat> you get to actually experience your class afterwards. So it's been a really neat experiment. Um, noticed a couple things. Uh, the, the, the flow that's unfolding, you know, uh, I, much like my music gigs, <laughs> I don't really have a set list. I just kind of like listen to what happens next. Yoga is just like that within the class. But what I'm observing is that there's this, this, uh, building that's happening over these last three weeks, <clears throat> these last uh, five classes, today is the sixth uh, since we began. And as I reiterate, Wednesdays being really just permission to be gentle, slow, like ultra slow, like no shame about being very, very still and, and taking our time, even if it means we do three postures the whole time. <laughs> And Saturday, the intention that I have is for this, this energy to build, this heat aspect. And as I've, as I've observed from the other side, from your side, I've noticed that it's starting to intensify, but very gradually. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep riding that wave. I want you to see the zoom out and see the big picture with me of where this is going to be in 10 weeks, two months, whatever. <clears throat> and just keep... Keep that kind of bigger picture with me and know that there's a building that's happening here that I really am being informed by as we go. Uh, it's exciting to see, to see how this is going to unfold. So that's one thing I observed. The other is actually much more of a basic technical thing, which is in the person, in-person classes at the studio, I, I always turn on music. Um, I can't do that with, within this environment because of a copyright uh, issues and stuff like that. So, but it doesn't mean we can't have music. It's just that you get to choose it. You get to be the DJ. So maybe you're, you've already been doing that, but I just wanted to point that out in case it hadn't occurred to anyone that just because these recordings are silent on my end, music wise, that you can still have music. If you can stream, if your internet can handle the, the, the webinar and, uh, say like get, um, uh, Pandora playlist going or something like that. I, yeah, I think you'll you'll uh, be able to enhance your experience more and customize it, which is obviously something we can't do in the studio because everybody is lis is listening to what I play. So it's actually kind of cool uh, when I think about it now. So just wanted to make those little technical points and and um, get us ready for this next deep flow plus sitting in a cross legged. Um, and as we've discussed before, any other version of sitting that feels better if cross-legged is not comfortable for you. Because I like to take time in the beginning to just drop in and land, as you know. So let's, let's do it. Let's just jump right in and see what happens today. I want you to close your eyes in your seated position. And I want you to simply become aware of two things, breath and gravity. And of course, this comes with becoming internally aware. I've been trying to get across that awareness that to feel your body is a kind of seeing. It's amazing, actually. You know, seeing does not belong to the sense of sight alone. You know, like just like when we understand something, we go, oh, I see. I see. I understand. I see. Right? What is that? That see is indicating mind seeing. 
Oh, feelings. Feeling, feeling the body on the inside is like a seeing. It's a mind is seeing via the sensation realm of the body. So when we close the eyes, it just helps us see with a little bit more of that, uh, that it's like three-dimensional seeing. It's not seeing from like your eyes are located in your head looking out. It's like a more of a directional kind of seeing. This is sort of like an omnidirectional seeing. Imagine that for a second, that you can feel every one of your trillions of cells, let's say, into some degree or another, as if omnidirectional, inward, outward. Your, your awareness, in other words, envelops all your cells and all aspects of your body, all of your organs. You know, you can really become aware of this and enhance it and, and, and um, practice seeing with more clarity, feeling with more clarity, to see with more clarity, and so forth. So let's just set that tone right now. As you're feeling gravity, which is always there, but we're just becoming aware of it, the weight of the body, the hanging of the arms, the pressure of the floor on, on the contact points of your seat, <clears throat> the, the, the sense of up and down. Just start to become aware of what you're always feeling, but it becomes more real when you start to notice, right? It's the noticing that sort of brings this light into the picture more. Same with the breath. The breath has always been there. It's been just flowing this whole time. But let's just become cognizant of the breath. How? Just feel it. Feel it. Don't try to manipulate it or change it. But if it does, in fact, want to deepen or get bigger, which is always the case for me, as soon as I bring my attention to the breath, it's like, oh my God, I've been dying for an inhale. <laughs> I didn't even know it. So let your body breathe. Let your body feel gravity. Just simple. Let's just keep it really simple. Gra gravity and breath. And as far as that omnidirectional seeing that our bodies have in terms of feeling, the breath is like the, uh, the juice that just turns up that light even brighter. The prana, the chi, the life force, the light force of the breath. Ah, it's going to heighten that sense of feeling. So we're already well on our way here, guys, in our deep flow plus. And just enhancing that lightness. And I haven't introduced um, the ujjayi breath, which is an ashtanga-based uh, technique, because I'm, I'm trying to get away from techniques right now. I don't want you to think in mechanical techniques and get too clunky. But we're going to slowly introduce that today. For now... Just let your breath be and it's all of its abundance. Like I really want you to breathe. Imagine it's like the first time you've stepped outside in a year, like, and just into fresh nature, uh, <laughs> high in the mountains, and you step outside for the first time and take that kind of breath when you inhale. Ah, like you're just dr drinking it into your soul. Good. And exhale like it's just, ah, I've arrived. Let go, relax, land. And every exhale we remember is blending into the inhale. There is no separation, actually. This is that, that inhale peaks in a kind of supreme still point as it rounds into an exhale. Good. Same thing with the exhale when it reaches that still point. It's not a cut. It's a transition. So we can find the continuity of the moment through the continuity of the breath. Good. And that's actually... Um, you can't even begin to understand how many ways it's changing your brain function, your mind function. You're getting out of the chop-chop version of time. 
yesterday, today, tomorrow, you know, an hour ago, nine thirty, ten thirty. You know, we want to get out of that clunky version of time, and we're just right now. It's like almost like ironing out the mind waves into smooth. Get get rid of those wrinkles and just come into full continuous breath, where just like any activity that requires you to be present. Because of the danger involved, say surfing or snowboarding or, or something where you know, people love these activities. Why? Because they force us to be present. Well, we shouldn't need to be forced to be present. We should be able to choose to be present. That's what we're practicing right now. And your breath is the wave that you're choosing to stay with. And by choosing to stay with the breath <sighs> relentlessly... In, in its continuity, your mind stays with the rising and the falling and the smoothness of the breath. You're actually changing the channel of your consciousness from that, that kind of staticky, noisy, chop-chop frequency that we're used to into the, the more natural breathing, just like the earth turns and, 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 and we we're, we're uh, turning around our center on the planet, but also going around the sun and the sun's going around the galaxy and the galaxy's going around the universe. Think of that flow. Everything in nature is cyclical and rounded and smooth and dancing. Well, your breath is part of that dance. So when you participate in your breath by way of feeling it, you're joining that rhythm of nature. And that's changing your, your brain and your mind waves to re be much more coherent and peaceful and, and breaks us out of that insanity of always trying to get there, right? I've been saying again and again that that anxiety that comes from there's a, there's a future there that we're trying to get to. We're, we're taking this time right now. We're not sitting and waiting to get started. Please remember, it started. <laughs> started a while ago. We're in it. But the tissues that we're shifting and moving on, think of if you want to think of it as your brain tissues, fine. But the yoga has begun. It's deepening. Stay with me. Inhale. Becomes exhale. Let's go ahead and just activate that spine as we stay with the continuity of the breath, just turning ever so gently to whichever side feels more inviting to start. Ask your body. And then as, as we've done, it's a very simple concept of just rotating the shoulders, the chest, the abdomen, just enough to just kiss the spine. Now, we're going to have a chance to go deeper twist. This first one is always the gentle, sweet activation twist where we're just, you know, it's almost, it almost penetrates deeper because it's lighter. Because it's more gentle, it can sneak past all the harder tissues and right into the effervescent fluidity of the spine and tickle that spine fluid with breath. Good. And turn the head ever so slightly and know that that's reaching into the brain, which the brain is not contained in the cranium. I want you to think of the mind brain both the physical and energetic aspects of it as a whole energy field that envelops your whole body and your, your nervous system is like the body brain. If you want to think of it like that, just I want you to kind of see that, that interweaving of mind and body and the nervous system is like the, the, the brain reaching into the body. If you want to think of it like that and the breath is just cleansing it and activating it and soothing it, those fried nerve endings getting drenched in a nice cool breath. And the, the singedness of your nerves becomes soft and, and happy, happy nerves all through your body. Good. And for the last couple of breaths, if you want to bring a little bit more of a ringing out kind of energy, take that uh, the opposite hand of the knee you're facing and the other hand on the floor behind you and just gently use those contact points to leverage into a nice, 
juicy, juicy twist. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Good. You want, your, you want your eyes rolling back in your head just because it feels that good. Touching that deep. Good, good, good. And then the, the transition starts not with going to the other side, but by retreating from this side. So I want you to honor the movement away from any side, any posture as we glide through the center and enter into the other side, whichever side that is for you with the gentlest twist you've ever done. Yet somehow the deep, in terms of its penetration, the awareness penetrating deep into the Ganges River that is your spine. And soothe those nerves and heal that brain. Cleanse those organs. It's actually known that corresponding to the location of the chakras are what's called nerve ganglia that are highly concentrated at the chakra zones. So there you go. Activate your chakras. Mm. And then give a little bit more of a loving squeeze, like you're wringing out a towel, but, but much more lovingly, because it's tissues, it's living tissues here. And wring out anything that seems to be hiding out there, any tensions, any... Any uh, cloudiness, <sighs> any heaviness, just squeeze it on out. Oh, yes. <sighs> I'm counting on you to stay present with me and remember always that we're committing to this rising and falling of breath as the experience of staying with the now. <sighs> Come back to the center smoothly. Gently, and since we have been seated for some time, I want to kind of make our way a little bit sooner now to our feet today. Let our hands come to the the floor in front of us so we can just let those legs extend out behind us first in the hands and knees where we're going to pause for a second and bring some more of that fluidity into the movement of the spine and the cat-cow motion. So the pelvis tilts, the belly drops, and the head rises. That creates that beautiful curve it's like you're, you know, the, the lowest point is somewhere around the mid-belly, solar plexus area. That's the feeling. And we want to just feel this as the curve of the spine. Before we change and go to the other end of the spectrum, I just want you to dance around. Again, this gives us that 3D kind of understanding. Close your eyes. Palpate with your mind via movement. Listening to the sensations. Study your body from the inside inner seeing, inner vision. Come back to the middle. We start the change of the curvature of the spine with the pelvis. Look how I'm kind of dropping the pelvis tailbone first. That's going to naturally turn into the low back rounding, which is going to turn to the mid back, upper back, and eventually the head dropping. Let's hang out at this end of the spectrum, the cat in the cat cow, and just moving forward, backward, left and right as you please. Just palpate. Mm, palpate is a... Is a Kind of like a massage term when the massage therapist is palpating with her hands to feel the the knots in the in the client's body. Well, we're palpating with motion and mind. So just feel that body on the inside. Keep that breath flowing. As though every breath is that first breath of fresh air in the mountains. Every exhale is that I've arrived, relax, release. 
ah kind of feeling, right? Okay, now we move between the two, the belly, we come back to the center, neutral ground. The pelvis always leads the motion as it tilts. It ripples through the spine just naturally, physics, until the head comes up. But then as the head is coming up to the top, the tailbone's already dropping, starting the next wave. So what I want you to practice here is not a two-part motion, but one continuous wave. The visual that's really helped me is to think of the water in the ocean. Now, in terms of the physics, it looks like when you're watching a wave travel, it looks like the water is moving with the wave. No, actually the water is moving up and down. The molecules are literally up and down. It's like the waves passing through. Well, let your spine, let your body be the water, which is moving up and down. But the wave that's passing through is your design. In terms of its, its frequency, its depth, it can be bigger, slower waves. It can be more shallow, quicker waves. I want you to just let your, let your body be the water and send waves as if they're coming from behind us right through the spine and out the front. <sighs> And on its way, it's just, it's just melting any tension, not only in the physical sense, but in the mental sense. Any, any clunkiness of the mind has to, has to surrender and, and let go if we are to move with fluidity. Please understand that movement is mind in motion via the body. We're, we're always remembering that mind and body are not separate. That's a major blunder. Even to say mind-body connection is almost implying that they're two separate things that then we connect. No, they're already connected. Let's move as though we know that. Good. Now, before we go to the, the feet, I want you to just explore something with me that this is this is fun just just as a massage your hands and knees stay put and you're basically allowing yourself now to move without a plan because your hands and knees are fixed and everything else is free to go all the movements that you make are going to some way shape or form address the spine and all the surrounding areas so this is just kind of really topping off everything we've done so far in terms of opening the spine and bringing fluidity into it and just really getting cleaning out any other areas of stiffness rigidity but also just by virtue of improv motion itself just moving without a plan you're doing something even more profound which is you're opening your body up and your mind to the freshness the freshness of spontaneity improvisation is a big word to, to improv means you don't know what's coming and everything we do is usually something we've done before. So we're missing this incredible energy of spontaneity, the freshness of movement without knowing, which in a way takes a kind of courage to throw caution to the wind in that sense and just move. Let yourself be surprised. Like you don't know which way you're going to turn. I think of it like you're, on a, you're like on a roller coaster. Your spine represents the rail, but you're blindfolded. You don't know where the turn is going to come next, which, which direction it's going to go. So if you're not planning the motions, where is it coming from? <clears throat> Good. That's creative motion. We're going to explore more and more of that. Let's give our knees a break by turning the toes under. And first time, always, first time we come up off the knees, I want you to just go slower than the other times because you want to really feel that and honor that transition of now transferring the weight to the hands and feet at the same time the all-famous downward dog, and in here it's downward dog 2.0, which means we understand that it's, a, it's like a, the geometry of it is actually wide open and malleable, and we give ourselves a chance to just explore and play 
Remember, the distance between your hands and feet can change. Don't feel contained by the mat just because somebody decided it should be two feet across or 18 inches or whatever it is. Break out of the mat in your mind and really just move to push the boundaries of downward dog because it's an amazing playground. Just all, all that it really requires is that you're on your hands and feet at the same time, but you don't even have to have your heels on the floor. And uh, as I will remind you again and again, really let your backs of your legs, give them time to open. I know I need that. I usually start off with bent legs and over the course of the practice, the tissues start to soften and open more. So don't force straight legs. Now we're going to walk with a big step or several smaller steps, however you get there, to the front of the mat where the feet arrive side by side, lined up. We're going to come up about halfway. Remember that this is like a forward fold effect. Backs of the legs with a cobra back. And we want to unify that. Good. With breath. And we're going to pass through this motion, so I just wanted to pause there. We're going to pass through it several times, so really understand it. And then we're going to exhale, drop, let the arms go, let the head go, dangle into the depths of the exhale. And as the inhale emerges, we begin to inflate as if from the ground up, like the, the earth is inflating us with her breath until we reach all the way to full capacity, top of that inhale. And then exhale, let the arms fall. And anytime we do this, if you send them back just a little bit, you get that Massage stroke right across the tissues of your shoulders and chest and the arms land at the side. We check in with our center of balance as we explored last week. And we're going we're gonna to explore the one-legged balance today. But for now, just remember that feeling of touching the simplicity of balance itself. When you feel your body sway and you come back to center, that magical place we call center That's where we tap a certain kind of energy that is very healing, very unifying, very balancing in in many ways. So I just want you to be aware of that subtle aspect of balance as we dance around it with a big inhale, the radiant sunbeam arms are sweeping outward and upward until they meet at the top of the breath. And then with the exhale, we're gliding down into a fold. The backs of the legs start to open. You can let the knees bend. The back starts to open as you let your head and arms drop. Inhale, we come up about halfway again. Cobra back. Exhale, plant the hands, stepping back. Now this is where we can branch off, you know, in terms of what you're craving intensity-wise today. If you want to take it more chill, you can skip the dip and scoop. If you want it more hot, you can come with me on these vinyasas, they're called. They're going to drop down to the earth, on or off the knees, and then roll into, if you're on the knees, you might want to do more of a cobra where you don't leave the floor. If you're off the knees, you'll want to scoop into an upward dog with strong legs and a slightly engaged tummy, and then to roll over the toes, Feel that tummy come in towards the spine. It's like a a hand lifting you up and over so you can be on the hands and feet at the same time. Those of you who just want to relax and chill more today, you can go to child's pose. That's not to say that downward dog is not relaxed, but if you're not looking for the heat as much, there's always ways to adjust the flow and the form so that you can be more in that cool, mellow energy. Good, and then we're just letting that breath flow. (sighs) 
So the ujjayi breath is when we're inhaling and exhaling through the nose. But it's like your slightest constriction in the throat that makes that swirling sound in the, in the, within the throat. The way you can find that is just to breathe with a ha sound. And then just close your lips and keep that going. Tip of the tongue touches the roof of the mouth. We're talking traditional Ashtanga approaches here. They're really powerful for, for generating the heat and prana in the body. Let's take the next step up, next breath up, up to the front. Inhale peaks. But again, it's not a cut. It's smooth rounding. Exhale. We're always in this movement, this moment. Exhale becomes inhale as we glide on up. Palms meet. And exhale, landing, brushing that back edge if you like. And just continuity, choosing to stay with now. Inhale becomes, exhale. Exhale becomes, inhale. Smooth. This movement is always the best movement that ever happened. Right now, right now, dipping into the earth. Rolling into Cobra Upward Dog. Right now, right now, right now. Just keep that going. Stay with me. And even in your child's pose or your downward dog, you're staying right now. Inhale. Becomes exhale right now. We're training our, our attention to be able to stay. Stop wandering off. Because that's like your light gets dispersed. We want to keep... That energy and attention focused brightly here and now. <sighs> Yoga is really primarily a mind practice in the sense not to leave out the body. But if we try to do the body and we forget that it's about the mind, if we forget, if, if we forget it's about the, the skill of attention, the skill of awareness outside of the boxes and the mechanical spaces we're usually in, then we're not doing yoga. We're just impersonating yoga. Big old step up to the front. Feet side by side. That inhale brings us halfway up. Exhale, we come all the way down. Inhale, we rise on up. You can go slower or faster than me. Just I just want to hold a nice middle ground. Please feel free to find your flow and rhythm. Inhale. Becomes exhale. And now we'll turn to inhale. Planting the hands, stepping on back, dip and scoop, or just skip it and retreat back to child's pose if you want to uh, have less heat. And conversely, after the upward dog, you can even go more heat if you want to add an extra dip, which I personally love that. Exhale, child's pose, downward dog. And we're nowing, breathing. Best moment that ever happened is always right now. We learn how to catch ourselves when we when we take the bait, so to speak, of, oh, there's a future moment that I'm waiting for. There's a better moment that's coming. I just have to endure this now. No. If there's if there's a better moment that's coming, it's the moment when you finally realize that it was always now.
Big old step on up to the front. Or walking. Halfway up, inhale. Becomes exhale all the way down. Inhale with fullness, with vigor, with life. And yet, so relaxed. Not even trying. Exhale, landing. And let's just hold that stillness. Touch that center of balance again. Right there. That place, that wonderful sensation of connection to source. Breathe. Surya Namaskara B brings in a little bit more heat, sitting into the earth, uniting the legs as one springy leg. We really do want the feet together so that the legs can unite. The fingers can go so far as the floor, or even if they're nowhere close to the floor, that's fine. Sweep them on up to the skies, inhale peaks, then like we're diving off that cliff into a crisp blue lake. Exhale. Just like before, inhale. Becomes exhale. Dip or skip. If you skip, you're going right back to downward dog or child's pose. Up to you. Good. Inhale, upward dog. Throw in that extra push if you like. Good. Now, if you're in child's pose or downward dog or hands and knees even, you, you have different options. You can stay on the knees and take one foot up and just go that route. If you need to swing the leg around in order to get it up, that's fine. You know, If that's too much, skip it. Otherwise, we're stepping either foot up to the front, left or right, and it can switch each time. It's up to you. Back heel traditionally on the floor. If you like it off the floor, that's fine too. But we're either way, whatever your foundation, it's a hallelujah. Big inhale. Reaches its peak at the top just as the hands meet. And then exhaling, hands land, step back. This is where you can start to feel, oh, this is a little bit of a workout now with all these vinyasas. So I leave it to you to leave them out when you need. Exhale, the downward dog becomes inhaling as we're rising up with the other foot leading the way. Becomes exhale, hands land, step on back, drop on down, scoop on up. And exhale to a child's pose or a downward dog. Keep the breath flowing. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you feeling now? What can you enjoy right now? You certainly can't enjoy if you're not present, that's for sure. <laughs> so enjoyment, the prerequisite for enjoying, which of course we would all love to enjoy more, right? Presence, present, you can't enjoy later. <sighs> Come here and feel, no. Just as we can educate our palate to enjoy flavors that maybe we didn't automatically like. I remember I used to think coffee was gross <laughs> as a kid. Now it's like my favorite thing ever. Um, you know, think about that. It's like you learn to develop a taste for things. Well, your body's your tongue. And every sensation that appears is just another flavor. Some of the flavors are more spicy. Some of them are cooler. You know, just think of it like that, but you can enjoy, enjoy all of them. Step on up, halfway up, just witnessing. You're not fighting the flavors. You're just letting them wash over your tongue, so to speak, your body tongue. Sitting into the earth, arms sweep out, palms meet. 
Good. Exhale. And let's do one more of those. Have fun, guys. Please enjoy. It's a dance. It's not, let's not be uptight about this. Have fun. It's not an exactness that we're after. It's the presence that we're after. <sighs> Dipping, scooping. And then we're going to create our, what's called Vira Bhadrasana, means warrior. Either foot steps up to lead the way. I find it's kind of best to let the exhale meet like that point, the bottom of the exhale, so that we can devote the inhale to the sweep of the arms up to the sky. Palms meet. Exhale. Step it on back. Good. That exhale will round into an inhale. Drink it in all the way to the tips of your toes. Smile. Exhale. Downward dog. The other side steps on up. And we catch that in-breath up. Good. Be expressive with your movements. When you, when you let the movements be an avenue to express yourself, they become much more therapeutic, much more enjoyable, more powerful. So using, even though we're in the same general flow, each of us can have our own unique way of expressing ourselves through these movements. Child's pose or downward dog as we stay with the now, stay with the breath, stay with the silence. If you're in child's pose, it turns into a downward dog, exhaling. Let's all journey on the next inhale wave, smooth as can be. Every movement is a massage stroke. Halfway up, exhale, massage stroke into the back. Oh, that's good. Inhale, massage stroke, sitting into the earth, sweeping the arms out and up. Let's hang here for a moment and let it supercharge us, right? It has everything to do. It's not about the shape of your body. It's the receptivity of your mind as this posture allows us to tap a, a very unique and special kind of energy and heat and vitality. It could tire us if we're counting the seconds and waiting. But if we really just, again, the flavor, enjoy the unique flavor, breathe, let it nourish you, let it really infuse you to the marrow of your bones, the tips of your fingers, top of your head, to the tailbone, everything in between, right down to the feet, everything getting supercharged. Good. The legs start to straighten and the arms start to fall and we land sweetly and samastiti. Oh, good. Let's just let that ring for a moment. Good, either stepping the feet hip distance apart or do it with a little hop, soft hop. Feet hip distance apart opens up a new kind of uh, energy flow in the body here too. I want you to see if you can feel that. It's subtle. But when you really start to understand that these... These small, seemingly small changes by normal standards are actually huge. This is nothing short of parting the Red Sea here, so to speak. <laughs> it's just that, that kind of widening and opening and the energy that's coming up, which we're going to 
gently work with as the hands come to the hips, the elbows draw towards each other, the legs firm up, the toes slightly grip as we press the pelvis forward and just meet this back edge softly for a moment. If you can linger on that inhale, it's a magical place. Good, and that allows us to feel the length, the lengthiness of the torso on the front side. We wanna to try to maintain that by leading with that lower abdomen and focusing the, the movement into those hips, into that hip area, so that what's happening is before we even halfway down, you can really feel the backs of the legs getting focused and zeroed in on right there. And I like to let the hands come to the legs, let your legs be like two tracks for your hands. You're not putting a bunch of weight on it, but it's a nice place to just add a little additional support so that we're not slamming into our edge, but over time, we're surrendering to gravity more and more. Widely varying bodies means widely varying shapes. Bend your knees if you need to. Let your, let your arms dangle, let your head drop. If you want straight legs, just make sure that their backs of your legs are feeling it but not screaming, right? Hands can rest on your legs, they can rest on your ankles, the feet, the traditional parangustasana, taking the big toes. However you do this, there's a lot of beautiful ways. Just breathe now. This is a focus on the backside, especially the backs of the legs, a great time to clear out what is, you know, a kind of a gritty energy that, that can store up in this aspect of the body. You know, I've heard, I heard once long ago that like the, the hamstrings and all that kind of stores are anger, frustration. So, hey, let's clear out those energies. Now, the traditional pose only allows us to just go forward and straight in and straight out, like many of the postures. As you know, I'm a little rebel and I like to break the rules. So let's just go ahead and break the rules here and swing to your left. Just still dangling, you're just changing the angle. Amazing what this does because it sends the focal um, area from the back of the legs to the sides, inner left, outer right. Or if you've gone over the right leg the other way around, either way is fine. Hands can rest on the leg, foot, or dangle, opposite elbows, whatever feels best. But just notice at any given moment, there's quite a bit of adjustability. If you can kind of see the motions that I'm making, you can make, be, be in the same general form, but adjust it quite a bit in terms of weight distribution, leaning, and tilting. And just see as you explore if you can hit just the, the best overall sensation for your body. Good. Smoothly. Like a massage stroke, and it is. It's just instead of using hands, you're using your bones. We're going to sweep through the center to the other side, dangling down the other side, whichever side that is for you, and breathe. Enjoy. Good. Doesn't it make sense that if you're enjoying a posture, that the benefits would far outweigh if you're just enduring the pose? Right? Enjoyment is an indication of integration as you go. And this, uh, this ap approach that we're used to in so many ways, I gotta, I gotta ride through the pain and, and, and then I'll get the reward. No, let's try to change that up now. It's, it does not have to hurt. Should never be waiting. In fact, I want you to be sad when I say it's time to move on because it's time to move on. We're gonna come back to the middle. 
And when we rise this time, we've been kind of rounding up the last few classes. This time I want to go a little more angular and slide the hands in reverse up the tracks of the legs till we come up to that halfway mark. Float the hands, which are like flashlights, meaning your hand where your hands go, you can see better. And then while keeping that vision on the hips, swivel up. But be aware as you're rising, you're drawing up that energy of the earth. I think of it almost like a water pump that you pull and it pulls up the water. Your body is an energy pump drawing the energy up so that when we meet that back edge a second time, it's almost like a whole new thing. We're sinking into the heels, smiling at the heavens, strong supportive legs and a few deep breaths as we stay here a little longer this time. <sighs> open up that heart. Open up all the chakras for that matter. You can kind of hear I'm, I'm utilizing that ujjayi breath mechanism. Feel free to employ that at any time as long as it's an enhancement, not a distraction. Good. Short distance as measured by a measuring tape, but miles long to come back to the center. Come back to that center. Let the arms drop and just feel that for a moment with me. Good. This is where we like to bring in that seated uh, energy again. In contrast to the feet together, feet apart is a different experience. Just like with the forward folds, it's different. Well, in the squats, it's different as well. So we're just sitting into the earth. I like to find that place where you can feel the heat, but you're not like, oh boy, this is a lot. You know, you just want to you want to stop short of that so you can feel like I, I got a handle on this because why we're going to hang out here for a minute. And and without, if we sit too tilted, it's almost like putting a lid on this energy. Drop that tailbone, bring your spine up, let the pelvis be free and smooth and relaxed so this energy can rise and pool. I want you to just hug it like a big invisible ball. This is a little bit bigger than your arms cir circumference, but it allows you to keep that roundedness. Look at that roundedness of the arms curvature. <clears throat> and just let's hang right here. Eyes open or closed and let the energy build. And what you're focusing on is as the energy grows, don't fight it, right? There's something called impedance in, in electrical equipment where the, the current is impeded the depending on how it's designed in, in order to allow so much current through. Well, there's a certain impedance in the body that we're used to, but we want to we lift that ceiling on the, how much energy we can harness in any given moment. That's what this one's doing for us. It's like turning up the voltage, but we got to grow with it. So you got to stay relaxed. You got to keep breathing and knowing that you're growing this super power here. Life force energy and fan it with the breath. Stay relaxed. If you start to feel tense, just move, just reminding your mind and body. Stay smooth. Don't, don't fight the energy. Stillness does not equal stiffness. Remember that always. Fluid stillness. So even if you're not moving, you could at the drop of a dime. The legs start to straighten and the arms start to fall and we're going to give a sacred moment to just let that sizzle and integrate. 
And the knees start to bend again, just like the first time, but we're going more, that was more like a Tai Chi version. <laughs> this is more like the traditional um, yoga poses in, in the Bikram sequence, which I, I really love a lot of the poses there. So we start off sitting to the earth, such as an awkward pose, straight arms. But with this one, I like to bring the heels off the floor and let the arms, instead of being stuck in the forward position, which you may in fact choose, but explore your options for a second. If your arms could reach in any direction, what feels the most exuberant, free, and powerful to you. For me, it's usually out, sort of up at an angle and outward a little bit. <sighs> feet are opening. Mega dose of medicine for the feet as they both strengthen and relax and open. Think of your feet like the roots of a tree and they've been tangled and bunched and now they get to open up and breathe. Space between the roots and then straightening the legs, staying on the balls of the feet, elongate on the vertical plane as light as you can possibly get. Light of spirit, light of mind, light of heart, light of body. The heels softly returning to the earth. The arms start to fall. We've done this journey together a few times, so you know that there's a, many variations for the squat. I want you to find your pathway into your squat, whichever way that that is for you. And we're just going to hang out, let everything decompress. It's a golden opportunity for the low back to decompress. As, as the pelvis drops below the height of the knees, it allows this awesome uh, lengthening in the low back. And you can enhance it by bringing the palms of the hands together, using the outer elbows to sort of press the knees opposite directions. It's totally optional. Mula Bandha, the pelvic floor muscles engage, and Ujjayi breath to boot if you, if you like. From here, today, we're going to just let those hands go behind us and sit ourselves down however feels best. The feet are basically flat on the floor. The knees are bent and the feet at a comfortable distance, not too far, not too close, just somewhere in between. The hands leave the ground and with a more of a rounded cradling in the arms, I want you to cradle the energy of your core here and just feel it in a very, in a very gentle level of intensity. A little bit of movement. Just remember, strength and fluidity are not opposed to one another. In fact, fluid strength, think about water. Think about the strength of water. It's, water is completely relaxed. <laughs> and it's powerful. Okay, So that principle of nature, where we're so used to the kind of strength that is force and effort, pushing right so we're so conditioned that way there's a there's a deeper kind of strength available to us and it's a fluid strength as bruce lee said be be like water my friend good you can let the feet leave the floor if you're genuinely craving a little intensification you can even go straight legs if you go to that intense level meet it then don't uh don't go half-hearted. Really go for it and breathe today if you want to. 
You can also keep it very chill and gentle feet on the floor. It's up to you. Good. We're just doing one round of this today. So just stay a little bit longer. Bring in some movement towards the end if you like. If you prefer stillness, that's cool too. We're going to take this amazing power that we have in our bodies to gather our energy at the core. Bring it with us as we cross the ankles. Plant the hands and arrive in a plank pose. Now the tummy is still engaged. We just took it with us. Mm. Holding the earth at arm's length with a, with a confident and yet loving pressure against the earth as though to generate in that playful opposition with gravity, you start to generate an energy field. Your two arms united as one force field. Move around a little bit. And then on or off the knees, we're going to lower into the earth and either make full contact on the floor or scoop into a nice contrasting upward dog where all that tummy area gets to open up and drain out. <sighs> Good. Let's retreat down to a child's pose, all of us. And just uh, absorb that for a few breaths. Now, much like in our um, initial sequence, I want to start off with the revisitation of the wave, I call it. It's traditionally cat-cow. And that cat-cow, again, gives a sense of two things. And the wave is one. So we're going to just roll through the wave for a few breaths here. Remember, the motion starts at the tailbone as if a wave is passing through the waters of our body, which are just like water. There's no tension. There's no fighting it. The waves just move through the water. Good. Then bust free for, for a bit. Just remember that improvisational energy, the freshness of moving without a predetermined track. Very nice. Before we go into our next exploration, let's give ourselves a nice twist. This one can be a little bit more sinewy, I call it. Get into the sinews of the, of the body and the left arm supporting. The right hand can do that extra measure of just brushing the right shoulder back to ensure that you're not just keeping that shoulder down and reaching up. That doesn't do much. But when you draw that shoulder back, oh, and the shoulders stack, that's when you know you're getting that, that twist. A bright inhale. And then answer it by bringing it back down as though it's about to land where it was, but then it keeps going. The back of the hand meets the floor underneath the, the left arm. Slide, slide, slides until the shoulder lands, the head lands. And the, the left hand can serve as, a, as an assistant in generating this twist. So you can push down the elbow at kind of a 90-degree-ish orientation. So when you push down with your hand, you're, you're wringing out the spine more. 
You could also let that hand leave the floor. You can use the back of the right arm for the same purpose. You can drive into it that way. And then for the left arm, if you choose to bring it off the floor, explore with some different directional options because it's not just the arm that is being affected. It's actually, the it goes right into the spine. If you can picture your arm like a tree, the roots go all the way into the spine. So by changing the reach of the arm or the angle of the arm, you're actually going right into the heart there and into the spine. It feels so good when you see the body as interwoven. There are no body parts. Good. And then we, we release the pressure from that one coming out as with every posture with awareness. As you move out of a twist, you're releasing all that squeeze and constriction. So there's a rush and a flood. The right hand becomes a stabilizer. Left hand brushes left shoulder back. We stack those shoulders, stack the arms, big bright smile and a big bright breath. Riding the exhale, just like we did on the other side. Slow motion as the shoulder approaches the floor, you're going into the twist. So be, be aware of your spine as your shoulder lands and your head pressing down with the floor with your right hand or as we discussed on the other side, any kind of reach into the sky, up overhead, around the back, whatever feels good. Experiment. Don't be ha haunted by this, this thought that there's only one right way to do something and therefore there's a lot of wrong ways. <laughs> it's actually not that at all. There's many, many right ways. Each posture is fractal in its possibilities. <sighs> Good. Yeah, I just felt the need for a nice loving twist to take us a little deeper into the spine as we then venture into hands and feet again, the pyramid pose. You'll notice we're just moving a little quicker today, a little bit more heat. And in alignment with that, last time we went into the lunges, we stayed on the knee. This time, we're going to stay on the feet. You always have the option of going to the knee instead. Just know that. So as just an inhale motion, if we pick up that left leg, swing it up high to the sky, and then float that foot forward up to the front. And that back leg, for this one, I'm going to ask you to drop that heel. Later on, if you decide to keep the heel off the ground, that's totally cool. But I, I just think I want you to experience it with the heel on the ground first. And the support of the hands, just like we did last time, like the training wheels that keep us from, from toppling, but allows us some, some uh, sort of lazy um, exploration of that leg. It's just a good way to kind of get oriented. What's going on, and especially that left leg, that leading leg. And how can we orient that leg to feel the most kind of strong, and if you think about the shape of it, it's kind of creating an arch, like a half arch. An arch is a strong support. So you're intelligently uh, shaping and stacking the bones of the legs so that you don't have to use a ton of strength to leave the hands and come up. The, the, the leg muscles are holding that arch in place and you just ride it on up, see? So the, the strength is not coming from a, a squat press. <clears throat> then we come up. And that back heel's on the floor. And I just want you to feel this for a moment, just in that beautiful, one leg is a half arch. The other leg is like an angled pillar, yet they are united at the base. That's why it's good to do Mula Banda, just to feel that unity of the two legs, even though their roles are contrasting. A deep breath, tall spine, and let your arms spill out the sides of you like waterfalls. 
when I have that feeling of being really supported by the earth. Almost like you could take a nap here if you wanted to. Barely even trying. And then, with that relaxedness, let the arms rise with minimal energy, minimal effort, yes, ma- yet maximal enthusiasm. Can you, can you strike that balance between fullness and relaxedness? Good. I like to bring the, the fingertips together. You can bring the palms together. You can uh, bind the fingers, release the index. However you feel is most inspiring for you. Notice that the arms can go more forward. Arms can go more back. Gaze can be more forward. Gaze can be more up. If you do look up, drop the chin a little bit so you're not crimping the back of your neck. And just feel beautiful. Feel awesome. And then we're going to let those arms softly fall back down to the earth. Then that right hip starts to rotate back. And I want you to take your time with this because that we don't want that left knee to collapse in. We want to keep that arch nice and stable and draw that right hip back. That's going to turn everything from the pelvis up to your right. And then we're more as if sandwiched between two invisible parallel planes here. Just nice alignment from heel to hip to hip to knee to heel. And relax on an exhale. Remember that your arms originate at that special center Hmm, that's where we want the reach to be born out of this center that then goes to the shoulders and through the upper arms, through the elbows, through the forearms, through the hands, through the fingertips and beyond. So what we end up with is a nice sourced reach that almost seems to float by itself. If you, if you find that balance, you're not using muscles to hold up these dead weights. You're not holding dumbbells, right? And, and lifting them up. That's not what we're doing here. It's more of a, an expression of the radiance of the reach of your heart through the arms. And they just stay, the arms get to just go for the ride. They're just floating there. Good. Mm. Then the hands start to retreat to the direction of the hips. Hands are flashlights, attention lights. They go where your hands go. You can see better and hear and uh, feel better. And then we're going to start to straighten that left leg. As that left leg, take, take your time with this one, as that left knee kind of falls into place and you, your leg goes from an arch to a pillar, the focus goes right into that hip joint. I'm sure you can feel it. That foot being pointing, pointing directly towards the front of the mat. The back foot, meanwhile, is just somewhere between 90, 45, somewhere in there. Just a nice, comfortable angle for that foot. Make sure the distance doesn't feel too far so that you feel like your feet are going to slide apart or that you're overextended. Shorten the distance if you need to. Hands on the hips. And again, still like we're we're between these two invisible planes, hands on the hips. Try to stay in between those two planes and just tip. We're not trying to get hand to the, uh, the leg or the floor. Just keep your hands on your hips for me and tip just for the sake of tipping there over that leg which is taking what's already going on in that hip and just turning up the juice on it. So you actually, this whole image that we have of taking the big toe and stuff, I really want you to let that go. That is not our goal. What we're doing is for the best possible reach into the hip joint itself without overkilling or without bending into it and forcing the knee to bend just because I got to reach my toe. Let it go. Stay up high. 
Good. You can keep the hands on the hips, or if you'd like to assume the sort of the more of traditional trigonasana, just let the weight of your hand determine where it lands. Not how far you want to reach, just where it lands when you let it drop. Right arm, fountains to the sky. Good. Beautiful pose. I really love this pose. Deep breath. And then imagine your fingers can brush the ceiling and you want to brush the ceiling with those right fingertips till they reach the wall in front of you. And then you want to brush those fingers down the wall. And the reason for this is we want to keep that length, right? And that gives us the best massage. Then we're, we're naturally already rotated over that front leg. Feel free to shorten the stance. Feel free to let the knee bend. But just before we go to the other side, an opportunity like none other to get into that left leg, in this case, the leading leg, in a very beautiful way that should not feel overkill whatsoever. You know, if it feels overkill, just back away. If you want more, you can drop in. Hands can be on the leg, the foot, the floor. Breathe. I love this pose. We start to bend that left leg, which shortens the distance between our chest and the floor until the hands can take over the supporting roll. The left foot can float back. If you're ready for a break, retreat back to a child's pose. If you're loving the heat, come with me on a dip down to the earth all the way or just hovering. Cobra or upward dog, respectively. And let's take a moment in child's pose, all of us, to just feel that. A nice time to rock the hips a little side to side. <sighs> Take a nice deep breath with me and let something go on the exhale. Nice juicy sigh. <sighs> Good. Let's do that one more time. Sometimes it feels really good to just let it fly. We emerge back up on the head and knees right into the improv. Oh, didn't see that coming. I didn't even see that coming. <laughs> That's the point. Improv, just go for it. Shake off those old stale energies, which I'd be surprised if you feel much of that anymore anyways. You've already done so much. Cleansing, lightning, you should just feel free at this point. Just free, playful, light, fun. Pop up onto those feet. And that right foot makes a, a quick uh, journey up to the sky. Then inhale. If you're in child's pose, you can do that too from hands and knees. Then that right leg comes forward this time. By the way, if I ever confuse you with the sides or you do the other side first, just, just do the opposite of what I'm saying <clears throat> in terms of which side leads. But... If we're all still together, right leg leading, hands leave the floor as we rise and in, in, in aware of the geometry of the arch, which we are using intelligently to make an easy journey up. That back leg, by the way, is like in that angled pillar sense. It's just, it's like if the leg is flexing to a degree just to kind of shore up that pillar, from there it's just, ah, just relax back on it. Like recline a little bit. Let the, let the, Think of the bones of your body as like a continuation of the earth. 
from the ground, from the stones of the earth, right up to your body. Rest on it. Let the soft stuff melt, for the most part, around the beautiful structure of your bones. Good. And always remembering the originating arms and originate an original reach from the origin. That origin is not a certain size or a certain shape. It's an, in a way, it's a kind of infinite place inside each of us. This fountain, as, as we've been calling it, the fountain of you. If your postures don't tap that fountain, then they're, they're dried up. They're drying up. You're, you're uh, going on a, on a kind of, you're running on fumes, as it were. <sighs> tap that source in every pose. Good. Tap the source. Let the arms slowly fall down to your side. Feel the restfulness. Trust your bones. Left hip rotates back. Take a moment before any kind of reaching to just appreciate that, what that does. It's a big change. <sighs> I want you to get really good at noticing the subtleties that everyone else misses in their hurry. It's like a superpower to, to be able to detect the subtle changes. Good. Let that arms reach originate from the depths of your soul. <sighs> Meanwhile, let the muscles relax, let the shoulders relax. Don't work harder than you need to, but yet alive to the brim. A little fluid motion can really enhance when we come back to stillness. Feel the fluidity in the stillness. Just like a, a lake can be perfectly still, but it's still fluid. Good. Let that leg start to straighten. Till it falls into place. And then already magic is happening in that right hip. Just be with that for a moment. Take a moment to appreciate it. Mm, breathe. Good. And so, so you can understand that when we're tipping over that leg, that's an enhancement of what's already happening. And you don't have to, you know, overkill it. And just enhance it. <sighs> what if the postures were not about stretching your body? but the postures were about touching your body, meaning connecting, communing. That's a whole different arena than I'm trying to stretch my body so that I can touch my toes, etc. But I, I just want to connect with you, body. And I'm not going to use you, body, for the posture. I'm going to use the posture for you. Whoa, that's a really big difference. Feel free to go star arms if you like. Brushing the ceiling with your fingertips till you get to the wall. Notice the rotation that's taking place all the while in your torso and pelvis. And then eventually draping yourself over that front leg, whether it's bent or straight, whether you shorten the distance or not. 
And just take a few moments, hands on the legs, foot or floor, just over that leg. It's just, again, it's one of those transitional moments in the, at least in the, the flow that I learned early on that I, I like to hit pause right here and don't treat it just as a, as a fleeting moment, but really uh, revel in it. This is such a beautiful place to hang. Good. Instead of vinyasa this time, bending the leg enough so that you can float the back leg up to meet the front leg, feet side by side. Take a moment to just dangle in gravity, exhale, empty out, feel the backside opening up, feel your legs balancing with one another, inflate to the sky with a nice, beautiful inhale that peaks as the palms meet. Good. Exhale, the arms fall as they drop to our sides. We're just going to do the most basic of standing, one-legged standing postures, balancing poses. <clears throat> the tree. But we want to start with, the, with what we did last time, which is first balance for balance's sake. Balance does not mean a balanced pose. Balance does mean, doesn't mean not falling. Balance means balance, which means, well, you're feeling that balance. Can, you're touching that place. That's what we want to do. Anybody can hold a one-legged balance posture and make sure that they don't fall, but that doesn't mean they're residing in balance. So I'm asking you to reside first. And then let's peel that right foot off the floor, let's say the first one. If you, if you want to switch it up, that's fine. But we're just picking that foot up off the floor. What happens? It goes from two, two feet to one foot. Notice that little shift, right? We've got to get that shift because now that one foot is taking over for the two. So there's a shift of your hips that floats more over that foot, just naturally, physics. And then the heel as the most basic starter, starting point. You can just be arms at your side like a tightrope walker in between steps and just let that foot be there to catch you if you're just getting used to balance. Heel to the ankle, toes to the earth is another way of keeping a kind of kickstand here, but starting to get that rotation of the knee if that all feels good the entire foot can leave the floor ankle to the or foot to the ankle or anywhere on up the leg and here's the, here's the trick like if you want to bring that foot up onto that inner thigh try not to do this whole thing and try to grab it and you know you're you lost your residing in balance we want to reside in balance unwaveringly and then add the shape changes around it then when, it, when you found your happy place for, <laughs> for, your, for your foot, um, hands together at the heart, maybe up above the head. Sometimes I like to kind of even do like a, some kind of other hand arrangement. Let Be inspired. Do, do your own design if you like. Experiment. Good, because what's the headline? We're residing in balance. What we do around that is your artistic expression, self-expression. Residing in balance, unbroken as we switch sides. So the foot, I want you to hit slow motion on this. That foot comes down to the ground. The second it meets the ground, it begins to take on a weight-bearing role. And where the standing foot, it's been 100%, it starts to balance to 50-50. And then the other knee starts to bend, and now the, the, what was the 
uplifted foot now becomes the rooting foot, and we want to allow some time for that to happen. If you go too quick, it's like you don't really let it sink in and that connection to take place, and your balance will be more wobbly. So we're taking our time, finding the happy place for our other foot, wherever that is. And I will be silent now, so just feel and remember to breathe, relaxed. Beautiful. Then by contrast, after being on one foot for some time, coming back to two feet feels even more stable, more grounded. And I want you to just take a moment to breathe and enjoy that feeling, which you can access at any time you want. So this moment that we're in right now, standing on two feet, deeply centered, breath flowing deeply, or connected to our bodies, this is not a, a Lego moment, meaning a moment unto itself cut off from all the other moments. You can access this at any time. So I just want to plant that seed in your mind that when you're at the grocery store and you're impatient because it's not moving fast enough at the line or whatever kind of things that start to get your nerves frying again, you come back, oh yeah, I'm standing on the earth. I have direct access to source right, right in me. Mm, I can breathe. I can relax. Good. Practice changing the energy field around you. Even if people don't know what's affecting them, it's affecting when the, in the butterfly effect, when you become peaceful, you better believe that has effects around us. So just remember that. You're powerful. Good. We're going to do one more vinyasa with the energy of gratitude, a sweep of the arms up to the sky, to the palms meet. Hallelujah. Exhale, gliding through the air and into a nice, mm, juicy fold. Hallelujah. Inhale, part way up. Exhale, plant the hands, step on back. Lowering into the earth. Dip, become scoop. Big inhale, last up for dog, make it count. And <laughs> smile, enjoy. Oh, very good. Our last downward dog, thank you, downward dog 2.0. Pyramid pose, thank you, earth. Mm. and a big step walk hop however you want to do this one of the one of the fun things to play with over time it's not anything that's all that important it's just fun to, to try to maybe hop to where your knees come through the arms maybe eventually to where the legs come out in front a little ashtanga trick it's definitely not important but you may want to play with that uh, good so nice. Let's go ahead and bring in that sole of the foot. Let's do the left sole of the foot first on the upper inner thigh. Uh, it's kind of like the tree, the tree pose, but now we're seated. And this allows us to do all kinds of lovely stuff for the leg. Just sitting like this even is, is plenty. Now when we do that though, you'll notice a natural sway to somewhere in between the two legs. But we want to just bring that rotation towards of the, of the abdomen, lower abdomen, belly button, kind of gently towards that straight leg to start. And even that does something already. You may not need, even need to do anything else. If it feels inviting, consider 
spilling over that leg without force, without trying to reach the foot necessarily. Hmm, and breathe. Hmm. Janushasana. A. I stopped. I stopped naming the poses some years ago, just because I wanted to break out of that kind of rigid, you know, this one posture, this one way, that kind of thing. So I kind of let the names go. Now I like to say them just for fun, just because they're fun to say. <laughs> Janushasana. They're beautiful too. I, I really like the the ring of the asana names. Good. And we're going to just bring, before we go to the other side, just this little alteration, if you will. The back of the right hand goes inside of the right leg, maybe the elbow. That left shoulder rotates back. Oh, nice rotation twist. That should all feel really good already. Then this left arm coming up to the sky and without any need to get that hand anywhere close to the foot. Just let it curl on over because going for the foot, while that's fine, notice how, how it can make you collapse down. And then you miss the whole point. It's staying open in this one and letting that arm curl up and over because, again, we're not trying to get the hand anywhere. We're trying to reach deep into the heart. It's a very different orientation. Good. You can kind of hear it in my voice, the place that it hits. In the deep place. That's what you want to get. Again, eyes rolling back in your head is a good sign. Hmm. And then we gently collapse out of that one, out of that side. Hmm. With care, with grace, we swap out the legs. So the left one goes straight, the right one comes in. Take a moment, even with the support of your hands, to just let that that leg and that hip get used to it. <sighs> Rotating to that straight leg and spill over it. Mm. Letting go of flexibility is such a liberating uh, thing for our practice. You know, it's not that you don't get fle more flexible. Naturally, you do. But this this um, limited idea of flexibility as a as a as a, a symbol of accomplishment that is what's limiting, and that's what actually you know I, I definitely you know bowed to that idol so to speak when I first started my practice because you know you just you just want to you want to look good you want to make the you know, I can do that. I can do a handstand. I can put my leg behind my head, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then you realize it's, this is ego-based thing. <clears throat> it's very liberating to realize that, wow, no, really, I don't need to try to get flexible. Flexibility will happen in its own time, in its own way, as much as is needed, but nothing more than that. And and then your practice really can start to blossom. <sighs> Let go of those silly goals. Let the hand come inside. Elbow inside, rotate that right shoulder back, send it back upward and curling overhead. Again, not to reach the foot, but to reach the heart. 
Easing out of that. Bring that left sole back to meet the right or the other way around if you switched. We're going to go laying down right off the bat here. And take a few moments in Supta Bhadakanasana, sleeping. Bhadakanasana is where the soles of the feet come together, knees out, and usually is a seated posture, Supta implying the lying down version of that. And just let gravity have its way. <sighs> We're really starting to drop now. We're winding down. We're going to get a little inversion today, which is going to be nice. We haven't really done much of going upside down yet. We'll very slowly draw the knees towards each other. Maybe not as slow as we do sometimes, but just conscious, a conscious drawing together of the legs. And when the legs unite, the, the, the core turns on and we start to curl into a ball and wrap those arms around the legs and hug mm, with your heart involved. Mm. Give yourself the hug you, you always want to get from someone else. Good. Then we blossom open for a nice gentle back bend from the, from the lying down orientation. So the feet go flat, the knees are bent, and it's very simply just pressing the heels down into the earth, which in turn lets the pelvis levitate. I usually find myself scooching the shoulders a little down and closer together. And then you can clasp the hands underneath you, which can feel really, really, really good. Or taking the ankles with the hands, if that's something you don't have to strain to do. Or still yet another option, come up off the heels just enough to slide the forearms. This is a little bit more of a skill uh, you don't want to do this if it's if your elbows are way angled out. There's no point. You only do this if you can get your forearms vertical, and then they become like two pillars supporting the sacrum. So you just relax on top of it, and then gravity does all the work. Your bones do all the work. But don't do this if it feels like a strain. Good. So any version of those of this uh, curvature is great, and just breathe, flood the belly with your breath. Also, when you, if you happen to be in the, the pillar version of this, the forearms as pillars, you just know for future reference, we won't be here much longer today, but you can also choose to reach a leg up to the sky and swap them out and that kind of thing, just for fun. Just, just ideas, little variations. If you are supporting with your hands, slide them out carefully. And 
any which way we're exiting from this pose, we want to do slow motion. So the back slowly comes down to the floor. As the back comes down to the floor, one last self hug asana. Really wrap those arms around the legs and get a nice tight embrace if you can. And then let your head and back return to the floor, but keep the tight embrace, gently rocking the legs side to side, which sends the, the wiggle and the jiggle into the hip joints, which is what we want to top our flow off with today before our inversion. <sighs> Good. Keeping the right leg, letting the left one go. It becomes a hip opener. We're just going to basically... Uh, give ourselves the same thing that pigeon would give us in a different way. Pigeon is when we're right side up and the, the leg is against the floor. This is just an upside down pigeon, really. And, and yet with a lot more freedom of where you can move your legs. So just take this time to give that hip a little bit of love. Deep breaths continue to flow. And by now, your lungs should just be so good at receiving deeper, bigger breaths. Ah, nice, supple lung tissue. And draw that right leg across your body with the assistance of the left hand while keeping the upper back flat on the floor, more or less, even if the shoulder comes up off the floor, that's okay. And the, the, that motion gets it going. Then break free and, and take over. You, know, you just need to get that feeling of reaching into the spine. There's been a lot of spine love today. And this one's just the cherry on top. And I know that when I hit that, when I hit this just right, I can't help it. My arms just start to contort in in strange strange ways. My head might turn in a in a direction that I I wouldn't normally choose. I want you to do that. I really want you to just let the feeling of the posture, let the feeling of the twist take over and inform you what the shape ought to be. Good. Even if it's in constant change. A few deep breaths. Before we draw ourselves back to the center, let that right leg go straight. Remember, if you're doing opposite legs, just switch up whatever I say. Draw the left knee in with the help of the hands for upside down pigeon. Hmm. Explore that hip. And if you find a sweet spot and just hang there and breathe. Cross your body into a nice, luxurious twist. I think I may have managed to make it through a whole practice without my earbud falling out. <laughs> Good. And coming up is that inversion that I promised. And come back to the middle. Bring both feet flat for just a moment. Then, as the most basic option, just letting the legs move more straight, but staying on your back, completely straight, slightly bent. However, that's already some inversion quality. The next step towards Shavangasana shoulder stand is to just prop up onto the support of the hands. Again, your forearms, if you think structurally, 
Your forearms are like the pillars just holding this up. There should not be a lot of strength involved, in other words. It should be restful. This is a good, safe starting place. If you feel like you're not going to be straining the back of your neck in order to walk the hands further up the back, which in turn shortens the, the distance between your chest and your chin, and you become a little bit more vertical in your torso, that's the technically the traditional embodiment of of shoulder stand any which way we're just letting ourselves be upside down in the gravitational field which has all kinds of therapeutic value i like to let the legs play you can keep them still if you prefer And then the feet start to move towards the floor and it doesn't have to the feet do not have to touch the floor they don't even have to come close to the floor because it's the direction of that motion that gives us our last forward fold and it's like an upside down forward fold that perhaps you may feel more of a focus on the low back than the legs in this which is good which is fine just Wherever you feel it, celebrate it. <sighs> Halasana, plow. This can also be hands clasped behind you, which may require you to scooch the shoulders closer together, which creates a sort of lift for the upper spine between the shoulder blades, which might be a nice effect that allows you more range of motion in this. <sighs> Then the knees can just go lazy and limp and drop. Traditionally, karnapidasana means ear pressure pose, implying the, the knees are against the ears softly, that they don't have to be. If it's just bent in that direction, that's good enough. <sighs> if your hands are clasped, let them separate and start to roll the back down with control to the full surface of that back. A nice moment for happy baby pose where you take the soles of the feet either directly from the inside with the hands, or you can even wrap the arms around the calves and take the outsides of the feet. Either way, you're a, a happy baby, which I far prefer over dead bug, which is the other uh, name for this posture. Let's be uh, a happy baby. <clears throat> That's going to top it off for us today. Anything else you feel your body craves, go for it. No pressure. We're coming up to the time where I need to say goodbye, even as we enter Shavasana. So please come into Shavasana. And I'm just going to uh, narratively tra transition you into the Shavasana, but then leave you there. And please stay in your Shavasana for a little while, five, ten minutes at least. And... Um, and longer even if, if you happen to doze off or anything like that. But Shavasana is much more um, important than the length of time would suggest. Like So it's just like one pose at the end of the practice for five, ten minutes. No, this, even just five minutes of total stillness juxtaposed to what we just went through 
and how much cleansing, clearing, and connecting we've just experienced. It's really important to not just go and, and eclipse that with, with activity right off the bat. I'm going to ask you to really relax. And, and just like when we're sleeping at night, like you, we know that you know, if, we, if we get deprived of sleep, we get deprived of our well-being in a big way. Sleep, rest, there's a principle there in that stillness, in that letting go, in that passivity, especially in contrast to all the activity. Now your five-minute shavasana is a, is a whole lifetime of rest, is how I want you to think of it. So completely let go, melt into the earth, remember the big picture, both in time and space, this beautiful reality we're in that gets glazed over with our, our everyday mundane lens, our mundanifying lens, which makes everything seem kind of, oh yeah, I've been there, done that, seen that, oh, yeah, it's just another day. You know, that, that jaded effect that every one of us gets. And, and we wouldn't if, if humanity, imagine a humanity that was just thrilled to wake up each morning and really in true celebration and gratitude of life and of being and of, of earth. And just imagine, we, we probably wouldn't get jaded. But in fact, we are in a, in a very jaded world right now. Oh, we can turn that around. We can change that. We don't have to, you know, misery loves company, but too bad, misery. I'm not going to join you. Stay alive, stay in appreciation, don't lose touch with the magic. That's my invitation to you as we wrap up today. So when you Shavasana here, remember the magic, connect to the bliss. It didn't go anywhere, we just went somewhere. It's right here. And it's in the bliss I shall sign off with you now stay in the bliss stay in the zone stay in the gratitude and thank you for joining me today choosing to be here even if you're not here during the live recording you're still here with me in in the now so thank you for choosing to be with me in the now namaste